New Extra Charge Hot and Iced Coffee from Dunkin' is made with 20% extra caffeine from green coffee extract because we could all use a little extra this year. Whether that's an extra boost, some extra boldness, or the drive to go the extra mile, we're extra ready for whatever comes our way and extra excited to take it on. Let's get it done with a medium extra charged coffee from Dunkin' for $2 with 20% more caffeine. And pair it with Snackable Stuff Bagel Minis for an added all-day boost. Order ahead on the Dunkin' app. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. New extra charged hot and iced coffee from Dunkin' is made with 20% extra caffeine from green coffee extract because we could all use a little extra this year. Whether that's an extra boost, some extra boldness, or the drive to go the extra mile. We're extra ready for whatever comes our way and extra excited to take it on. Let's get it done with a medium extra charged coffee from Dunkin' for $2 with 20% more caffeine. And pair it with Snackable Stuff Bagel Minis for an added all-day boost. Order ahead on the Dunkin' app. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. Hello, friends and neighbors, and welcome to this edition of the Gifts of Glory podcast. I am Dave Hebert, and really looking forward to sharing this episode with you. First, I want to give you an update. We're going to be transitioning the program from weekly to bi-weekly, which I know that there's some debate, some discussion over what bi-weekly means. Does that mean twice a week or once every other week? We're going to go with the uh, uh, with the latter. We're going to start transitioning into an every other week program because we want to give you a chance to listen to our great interviews, and uh, we hope that uh, you have uh, plenty of time to really enjoy the different conversations that we get to have. Uh, we have several really great opportunities uh, coming up very soon, and we want to share those and uh, give plenty of time for everyone to, to click on and listen and enjoy those. Uh, upcoming podcast. So uh, after this week, we are going to an every other week format. So I hope that you'll enjoy our interviews a little bit uh, uh, with a, a, an easier schedule to uh, to check those out. Now this week we get to talk with Crystal Barnes and Melissa Ostrander. Uh, they're the executive producers with Arc Productions. It's a Chicago-based uh, Christian media production company. Uh, they do some TV. They've done some stage. Uh, they've also uh, recently released their first feature-length film. Uh, it's called The Law of Moises, which is now actually available on Pure Flix, and uh, they're actually preparing to release their new web series called Churched, uh, which is really going to be a lot of fun. Uh, think of the show The Office, but set in your local church. That's what Church is going to be about uh, coming up, I believe, Palm Sunday is when they're expecting to release that on the web. Uh, Crystal uh, Barnes, she's a 20-year veteran of the film industry, and her best friend Melissa is a right-hand person in making art production productions work. Uh, we talk about faith and testimony, entertainment, and their uh, major productions coming up, including The Law of Moises, so talk a lot about that as well. Now, I do want to take a moment and share some great news with you. Uh, as this episode is going live on Wednesday, January 29th, 2020, we're just a couple of days away from Wellverse Comedy's debut at Gutty's Comedy Club in suburban Indianapolis. Wellverse Comedy is hitting the road this coming weekend, so if you are in, or can be in, the Indianapolis area, we'd love to see you this weekend. Visit GuddiesComedy.com for tickets. Uh, we're also hosting a workshop on Saturday the 1st. Uh, we'd love to see you out there as well. So be sure to tell your friends and neighbors that live or are somewhere near the Indianapolis area. We'd love to see them. Now, another bit of news for Wellverse Comedy. We're going back to the hallowed halls of Second City. We're producing our own show, The Decent Comedy Show Returns. But this time we're going to be in the Blackout Cabaret. Uh, last time uh, that we did The Decent 
comedy show. We were in Judy's Beat Lounge, and we packed the house. So we're going to try to pack a bigger house. Uh, the Blackout Cabaret host uh, holds about 20 extra seats, so we're hoping to see those all filled coming up on Sunday, March 8th. That's Sunday, March 8th. The Decent Comedy Show returns. Uh, Wellverse Comedy on the uh, stages of Second City, uh, producing our own show. It's uh, a guest performance there at Second City at the Blackout Cabaret. Tickets are available at secondcity.com. Just search for The Decent Comedy Show. Now let's get to our Devotions with Dave segment. Uh, I'm going to read a couple passages for you. I read these uh, this past Sunday at church and during our call to worship. And I think that they're really important to, uh, to consider, especially in just the the temperature in this nation as we get ready for the 2020 elections. Uh, this is not a political commentary. This is a, a scriptural commentary, and I hope that uh, you'll you'll be able to hear it in the heart that it's intended. So, first, going to read from First Timothy chapter two, verses one through four. I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people, ask God to help them, intercede on their behalf, and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority, so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God, our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. Again, 1 Timothy uh, chapter 2, verses 1-4. through 4. Read those one more time. I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God for, uh, excuse me, ask God to help them, intercede on their behalf, and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority, so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God, our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. First uh, Timothy chapter two one through four. Now jumping uh, to the Old Testament, this one's a very popular one, but uh, want to tie it into uh, this scripture. So we're going to read Second Chronicles chapter seven verse fourteen. Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. Again, that's Second Chronicles seven fourteen, very popular verse. Then, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn away from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. Uh, so, I want those passages to be really, I want those to be meditated on as we go through this election season. Um, first, pray for our leaders. Pray for those in authority. Uh, that starts with praying for uh, our leaders in Washington. Uh, both in the White House and Congress, and those in the, the judiciary. Uh, I encourage you to pray for uh, the President, Vice President, Congress, the Senate, and the uh, Supreme Court. Uh, and if you're in Illinois, pray for the, our leaders in Springfield, our leaders in our counties and in our cities. Uh, whatever state you may be li- uh, listening, whoever your leadership is, whatever your state capital is, pray for the men and women that are leading from there. Pray for the men and women that are leading in your county, in your city, in your local government. Um, it, it's, it is prescribed here in, in 1 Timothy as Paul is admonishing and encouraging Timothy 
Uh, he's urging to pray for all people. And that includes the people that we don't agree with. That includes the people that we may see as political or otherwise enemies. Because uh, remember, we're not our enemies are not flesh and blood. Our enemies are the powers and principalities of the spiritual realm. So don't think of another human being, no matter what their political ideology, as the enemy. Because your enemy is a spiritual enemy and not a flesh and blood human being. So keep that in mind as well. So that way, if you're focusing on that, you re- it's easier for you to realize that you need to pray because God, in verse 4, says, God wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. So that's why we need to pray for everyone and pray that everyone understands the truth, because that's God's will. And when we pray in God's will, you'll see more things happen. When we pray in our own will, we're not truly praying. We're just treating God like a genie or uh, treating him like a servant that has to answer our commands and that's not how God works we want to be aligned with his will uh, because in Second Chronicles it tells us if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves that says my people he's speaking specifically in Second Chronicles to the Israelites to Israel but we've been grafted in because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ so we are his people called by his name so we need to humble ourselves and pray and seek God's face and turn away from wicked ways. That's what the word repent means. It's a literal turning away from those wicked ways. If you turn away from the wicked, you're turning back towards God. And he will hear our prayers from heaven when we do that, when we take a posture of turning away from our wicked ways and turning back towards him. He will hear from heaven. He will forgive our sins, and he will restore our land. So I really want to encourage you to focus on praying for everybody, even those you disagree with, especially those you disagree with. If you're somebody that is uh, uh, hoping we see a change of the presidency in November, then spend the next months until January of 2021, until that change officially happens, pray for the president. If you're wanting to see this president remain, continue to pray for him. And pray that he will serve in a way that honors and glorifies God. And pray that those that are running against the uh, current president, pray that they too would serve and lead in a way that truly honors and and glorifies God. Uh, Not to turn America into a theocracy, but to turn us into a good country that, that has morals and has character, kind of how it was intended to be founded. Um... So, again, not trying to get political, just encouraging you to pray. Uh, the, the Word tells us to pray ceaselessly. And if you scroll Facebook or Twitter, Instagram, you're going to find plenty, plenty, plenty of reasons to pray. Um, but this year, especially with the election, with, with so much vitriol on, on all sides, I encourage you highly to pray. Pray for our leaders and pray that we, as the church, the body of Christ, would know how to respond when to respond uh, during the debates and, and the discussions that happen during the election season. So that was our Devotions with Dave segment. Let's get to our interview with Crystal Barnes and Melissa Ostrander. Uh, they're the uh, producers with Arc Productions. We talk about faith, we talk about entertainment, and we talk about their two big productions. Uh, one is on PureFlix and one is coming out later this spring. And we are on the Gifts of Glory podcast where we celebrate and promote men and women using their gifts, talents, and passions to honor God. And we are now joined by two of the members of the board of Art Productions, Crystal Barnes and Melissa Ostrander. Ostrander. 
I should have spelled it with an A-H, I pronounced it correctly, so I've butchered it. So this interview is going off greatly so far. <laughs> but Arc Productions is a, a faith-based uh, production company. Uh, you can find out more at arcproductionschicago.com yes. or on Facebook at Arc Productions Chicago. Uh, Crystal, uh, you're a 20-year veteran of the film industry, according to your bio on the website. Mm-hmm. Uh, writer, producer, actor. Uh, Law of Moises uh, came out uh, last, last year. year. Last year. 2019. And uh, it's your first feature film with ARC? Uh, feature length. Feature length, yes. And it's now available on Amazon and Pure Flix. So now that this intro intro is off to a wonderful start, mm-hmm. I'll bring in Crystal Barnes and we'll talk to Melissa as we go. Uh, uh, Crystal, welcome to the pro- uh, podcast. All right. Thank you so much for having me, Dave. Appreciate it. Good to be here. Um, so, yeah, I'm here with uh, Melissa, best friend, executive producer. She basically kind of does everything. When you have a good friend, she works for free. Um, <laughs> when you're on an independent film, you you try to have uh, all kinds of resources and uh, save whatever funds. So if you find a best friend who will who do all the driving and picking up costumes and all that good stuff. So, yeah, um, but um, I, I really couldn't do a lot of the things, though, without her. So. That's awesome. And, and that's part of the reason why I got married is so I'd have somebody like that. <laughs> yeah. It was contractually obligated. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I say that only because she's in the room. Yes. Well, um, you know. Um, I, I See, I, I couldn't say that without her in the room because I know she doesn't listen to the podcast. So I have oh, to. gotcha. So she won't hear what you <laughs> said. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, so uh, let's talk about Arc Productions and okay. how did it start? Um, gosh, Arc Productions started basically. Um, so I started in the industry as an actor. I went to school for acting. I um, went into the profession and um, did that for a number of years, and just found that, found that as a Christian, things started to become a lot limited to what I could do. So I felt like I was. Um, not able to audition for things because of my beliefs. And so I just thought I should, you know, start something, write something, do something so that not only I will have an opportunity to perform, that there might be other Christians who feel the same way who would want to perform as well. So I started out just writing plays. I didn't really officially form um a company or anything, just kind of doing it. Um, and then around, mm, I guess, 2000, I started, I started with plays. So children's plays. I did the missing smile, which is the first uh, play that we ever, uh, I ever wrote or produced um, with Arc productions unofficially. And then in 2003, I was officially, I officially uh, formed the company and it was really just to inspire to motivate, to change, um, and to have a, a, a forum where people who are Christians and non-Christians who could um, work together um, and come together, do some great works, and still have fun. Not that it would be, we didn't really want to do serious Christian dramas. We wanted to have fun. We wanted to make fun of ourselves as Christians. Mm-hmm. I don't think that we do that enough. But in 2003, um, ARC was officially formed, and 
from there, um, just producing mostly short films and stage works. And then Spiritual Light Night, Night, Night Live is when we kind of did more kind of sketch comedy. Um, and then from there, uh, The Law of Moises. And now we're up to a point where we're working on a web series called Churched. So basically, it just kind of started out of a need, um, not only for myself, but for other people to have a place where they can take their gifts that they've been given from God and use them, utilize them and kind of, you know, whether it's for the world or just for ourselves. Mm-hmm. You mentioned a minute ago about how you felt like there weren't a lot of opportunities or maybe your faith was um, preventing you from getting opportunities. Was it more that you chose not to pursue opportunities because of your faith or you- the door was shut because of your faith. It was kind of both. I mean, I was working as a full-time actor. Um, I had um, my Screen Actors Guild card. I was in equity. So I was performing in theaters in Chicago, like the Goodman and Steppenwolf and um, doing, you know, some film work and commercials. Um, but what had happened is what had happened was uh, <laughs> um, was, you know, I started, you know, my agent would start giving me scripts and it was like, OK, there was a lot of profanity. Um, one particular point, there was a play um, that I was auditioning for that was going to start in Chicago and going to go to Broadway. Mm. Um, and they wanted nudity, mm. my character. And I was like. I didn't realize at the time as I auditioned at, but because I didn't have the full script. So I auditioned and I started reading the script and they called me and offered me the part. Mm. And I said, you know, I really, really would love to do this, um, but I'm just having an issue with this. And they said, well, you know what? We'll give you 48 hours and we'll call you back. So I'm like, okay. So they called me back in 48 hours and I'm like, yeah, I really have an issue with this. So, and they gave it to someone else. It did go to Broadway. Um, she's actually a pretty um, well-known actress who got that part, you know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, so it's one of those things like that. I've been, I've been kind of blackmailed in theater. I've, mm-hmm. you know, black is it blacklisted. I'm sorry, blackmailed, <laughs> blacklisted. Thank you. And um, in the theater because I've been a part of things, and when like the scripts would change, I was like, you know, I can't do this anymore, and so I started not getting calls. Mm-hmm. So in some ways, it was me not pursuing it, but also the doors being shut. Right. So a combination of both. And hearing that uh, that story reminds me a lot of Cameron Arnett, who is the uh, star of Overcomer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was he played Thomas Hill, the the gentleman in the hospital. And I interviewed him for the podcast in October. Okay. And he was an up and comer in Hollywood. He was on Star Trek: Next Generation, and he auditioned for a role that required nudity. And his faith that said, "No, he can't do that," mm-hmm. even with a body double, because yeah. It's, Again, it's the appearance of evil, mm-hmm. and uh, he got blacklisted uh, for a long time, um, and he's kind of having a, a renaissance of his career uh, because he's getting into more faith projects. Gotcha, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's just really cool to see how God is redeeming the good choices. It's not always immediate, like you make the choice and then God's going to provide the next day. Sure, Yeah. Uh, sometimes the test is saying no and then making your no be a no. Yeah, and then, and, and also I have to say there are times when I've said, you know, I can't do this, and there have been producers and directors who are like, okay, 
you know, mm-hmm. whatever. You know, I've had that on some film sets and some theater. So it's not always you're like, you know, not, you know, people aren't going to understand. They may not, you know, uh, have the same beliefs, but I think they can respect those beliefs. So I think it's, it's, you know, I mean, the lesson here is, yeah, you're, you definitely want to stand firm on your beliefs. And like, and like Dave said, you may or, you know, God may say, close the door and it may not, you know, open back up for some time, but it's not always the door is going to be shut. But for me, it started to get that more, get more and more like that. And I just wanted to put more, um, more of the, uh, what's the word, um, more of the opportunities in my own hands so Mm -hmm. that I could decide, you know, when and how and what. Um, And and that's still been a challenge because a lot of times it takes money. And Mm -hmm. when you don't have that, it's, (laughs) you can't do so many things, but yeah, but that's a whole nother topic. (laughs) All right. So let's bring in the reluctant Melissa. Reluctant Melissa Ostrander. (laughs) So how, at, at what point, Melissa, did you, get involved uh with um with arc productions even before it formed and uh, kind of talk about your current role uh with arc i think i really got involved with um just crystal so i moved to chicago in 2004 and i met crystal almost the second day that i was here Mm. on the phone i met her the very first day that i was here um, and I decided I didn't like her <laughs> and wanted nothing to do with her. See how God works. Totally. Um, and when we met in person the next day at church mm-hmm. during midweek, um, things just kind of started happening where we were kind of thrown together more. And God put me on her heart and she sort of, took it upon herself to make sure that I understood the city of Chicago and kind of how things worked and helping me get around. Like there's, you have to pay for parking everywhere. There is parallel parking. (laughs) (laughs) I come from a smaller place. Okay. What's a smaller place? Well, the city of Albuquerque, New Mexico. Oh, okay. Is it's a big city, but it's not like Chicago. You can drive up to a parking lot to almost any building. You can, find parking very nearby. You can literally go to work without your jacket and run from your car to the building and you won't freeze to death, Mm -hmm. you know, because you're not parked that far. Like you don't have to walk two and three and four blocks. So when I got here, one of the things that she told me is just to make sure I read the signs for parking. I came here with a four wheel drive truck Trucks aren't welcome in a lot of places, especially right. four-wheel drive with a truck license plate. And so reading the license plate, uh, the, the street signs was going to mm-hmm. be really important for me with parking. Right. And I said, what do you mean? <laughs> and she said, well, read the signs. And I said, but what do you mean? I don't understand. <laughs> I literally did not understand because I hadn't even seen a sign yet. So, um, yeah, all she could say was read the signs. Yeah. Anyway, um, so as we got to be friends and I learned, you know, what she did with the theater and um, with film, and I actually saw a movie that she was in, Losing Isaiah. Oh. Right. She I was, was recovering. She was a recovering drug addict. 
Oh, I, I like that film. In prison, yeah. With Halle Berry. Mm-hmm. So, so nice. I saw her there, and I saw a bunch of reviews, and I was like, wow, you did a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. She's like, yeah, all humble. Yeah. Yeah, just this thing. And so then, you know, that summer, uh, she was working with a friend of hers, and she was going to be helping produce his short, and she kind of roped me in, hey, we're going to do it on the weekends, why don't you come along? So that was my first opportunity to do craft services mm-hmm. and PA work. That was my first opportunity to be a script supervisor and a continuity uh, supervisor. Okay. And <laughs> then I also got to play a role in the film. They built a model of my head and I was a dead person. Oh. Did you nail your lines? I nailed them. So nice. solid. <laughs> They even had makeup on my feet. They did a pan up from my feet. It was pretty amazing. Anyway, so that was my first opportunity to work with her. And then um, from there, you know, this is just, it's just something that she does. So she did something called Spiritual Night Live where she was doing sketch comedy. Mm -hmm. And the sketches were pretty darn funny and pretty unattended. Mm. <laughs> and then she did uh, the Greasy Plate, and then she did the Law of Moises. And there were other things that she was doing, as well as teaching theater and just a lot. Um, she's always busy doing things. Yeah. So it was really interesting. And it's a whole different world from my world, um, working more in business or retail. So arts had no, no entry into my world other than going to a movie or going to the theater so this was interesting being on the other end what brought you to chicago i'll work work Mm -hmm. and so you met her on the phone day one or i might say god did yeah god (laughs) did yeah because it's it's been an interesting ride anyway um you you guys met on the phone the day you arrived and the next day you met her at church how did you connect on the phone that first day So I was moving here and I was going to stay with a couple Mm -hmm. and uh, there had been a miscommunication. I didn't, I either did not understand or I intentionally didn't understand because I was moving Mm -hmm. to Illinois and I was going to stay with them. Uh, As I crossed the state line in the car, I got a phone call from the wife and she said, I don't know how we miscommunicated, but I'm leaving for Albuquerque tomorrow. So you can't stay here with my husband by yourself. And I said, yeah, that wouldn't be good. She said, let me get on the phone and call some women that I know that are single and see if I can find some place for you to stay. And I was like, oh, great. So I got a call back um, maybe an hour later. And there was a woman who was going to let me stay with her. She had two or three cats in a one bedroom apartment. Oh, I have a cat allergy. That wouldn't work. No. My roommate from Albuquerque was driving with me and she started yelling, no, you can't stay there because <laughs> I was all ready to say yes. Just, mm-hmm. you know, somewhere to be. Um, I'm just say right now, I think I, I, I placed a bet before this podcast because you said you weren't going to say a word. I, I should have bet because I could probably finance another movie. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> w- would that work though? A, a faith-based film funded by gambling? Oh, it would be righteous gambling. <laughs> uh, a prophetic prophet. 
needed to find a place to with women to live with and I was one of the women that was called um but we had had a situation where my roommates were like not interested in, <laughs> in having another person so I then I'm the one who actually did um introduce you to Paulette who let you stay with her for 3 weeks right so a friend of a mutual friend of ours now um let her stay there for 3 weeks and then I became her guide throughout Chicago to help her find an apartment and all that kind of stuff. So, which ended up not even needing to happen because somebody else had already done research and I just went where she went. Mm. <laughs> Prior to that, though, I'd been looking at apartments and she was like, you can't afford that. You can't afford that. We need to figure out your budget. I'm like, budget? Budget what? <laughs> I don't understand. So uh, your role is mostly behind the scenes other than playing a dead person for our production. Yep, exactly. You've killed someone, right? In another movie. You've killed someone, you've played a dead person, and what was in this one you you weren't you weren't in this in this church, were you? Oh no, and then you've been a the devil. So you've been all kinds of death in movies. I'm not sure why, what what's I gotta figure out. There's a theme here. There's a theme here. The dead person. I murder a child. I am the, the demon on somebody's shoulder. All parts of my personality. Well, apparently she's a wise casting director. <laughs> I think so. I think so. All right. Uh, so since you've got the microphone, Melissa, uh, what we like to do on, on uh, the Gifts Glory podcast is find out a little bit about your faith story. Um, so maybe uh, take us back as far as you want to and talk about how you first became a Christian, uh, what influences led you that way? Um, so I grew up Catholic and I always loved God, wanted to be a nun. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> you wanted to be a nun, now you're playing death. I know, right? I, I Job <laughs> aspiration. Yeah, that's what I wanted to do for my life. I wanted to be a nun. So, um, skip forward a lot of time. Um, my mom had been into astrology and different stuff. So then as an adult, when I was 25, I had a friend who became a Christian and he was, um, involved in the international churches of Christ. Okay. He introduced me to the girl who actually met him. I studied the Bible with her. Her name was Kim. And um, it took, oh my gosh, like three months because in some ways, like I was just super prideful as I still am and, um, with pride. With pride yes. <laughs> and, uh, and I felt like, oh, I know all the stories, but I didn't know Jesus. Mm. I just didn't, I didn't really understand Jesus in all of the stories and sure. how Jesus really impacted my life. And I didn't have that relationship with him, but I knew God. And I loved God a lot. Yeah. Um, so I became a Christian when I was 25. Uh, in, like, I think it was May, like May 15th. Been the hot tub. I got baptized. <laughs> 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 and uh, so, yeah, I, I've been a Christian um, for a number of years. And I was going to say four years. Yeah, for four years, I've been a Christian. 
Except if you see a picture of me, you'll know that it's been a little more than four years. Um, but yeah, so still, still loving God, still learning to love him more. Awesome. I know, Crystal, your turn. Tell us a little bit about your journey. Um, well, it's appropriate that I'm wearing this Rutgers uh, uh, hoodie because um, I was in graduate school for theater and uh, I worked in work study at the student center and a young lady uh, invited me to a Bible study. And I'm like, you know, and I really didn't grow up. I mean, I grew up going to church, but, you know, it wasn't like we weren't made to. We didn't like, you know, get baptized or anything as such of anything. So I knew of God because of my family and knew Jesus and knew some stories. And I was like, OK, you know, mm-hmm. um, so I wasn't actually able to get to a church service. Um, I think I went to like they had a uh, a college event that I went to that was really cool. And then I got to really just kind of study the Bible with her and some other women. And um, around six months later, I became a Christian, got baptized and all that good stuff in New Jersey um, at Rutgers. And that was again, a num- just a couple of years ago as well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but no, so that's been a while. And I think, um, I think like Melissa said, I knew a lot about God and I knew a lot, but I didn't know Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, and um, it took, it was so really cool to learn about him. And then, and obviously that's where I met Melissa. We met in the church um, when we, when I, I'm originally from Chicago. So I mm-hmm. moved back to Chicago um, from school and kind of started my career here and then melissa kind of joined and that's where we met at that church of the international churches of christ um and now we go to a different park church um but yeah just um yeah in a nutshell that's how i became christian i don't know if that really answers the question but. no the, no the the whole thing is we want i want our listeners to know that that the faith is real and that we're not just saying, Oh yeah, we're Christians, but then, sure. then you know, we're going out to the club and enjoying the, the, the new law in Illinois, stuff like that. Yeah. Well, you know, that new law, <laughs> just for all of our Christian friends, just because it's legal doesn't mean it's right. Right. Or moral. Yes. <laughs> Melissa's like, Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. I gotta, <laughs> gotta go back to the car. <laughs> So, um, so you guys meet, uh, Arc Productions Arc starts, um, kind of doing some things before you officially make it Arc Productions. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest project has been Law of Moises. Yes. Uh, it's first feature for sure. length. For sure. Um, and I know that it was the planning stages and the trailer was, uh, starting around 2014 at least. Oof, probably. Yeah. I think, well, the trailer... We got to the trailer around 2014, but I think the writing was starting around 2010. Mm. Yeah, so even it it took quite a while. Because uh, you and I met uh, briefly at Caritas, yeah. uh 2014, um, right after about my wife Bobby and I had started dating, and uh, it was at Wheaton Academy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Wow, I want to be a part of that." And then life got busy, and but <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I always kind of, you know, saw it on Facebook and I think LinkedIn. I think you have mm-hmm. a few things on there. Uh, so for people that are listening, 
talk about how it was you know where the inspiration for the movie came from Mm -hmm. and kind of talk about uh the process of going from writing it as early as 2010 finally getting it done uh almost eight years later yeah um so it's called the law of moises and when i started i started writing it with like I, we i talked about our friend paulette we come up with an idea and i wanted to do something that was kind of a present day bible story but wasn't a really a bible story so you wouldn't like you know um and i thought why not like can we do like story of moses but present day mm-hmm. wouldn't that be cool um so i kind of just start tossing things around and then like i don't know within a week um there was like a f- flooding going on in cairo illinois that almost took out the town and and i think there was a blow it up blow the whatever uh, they had to make a decision either they're going to save cairo which is historic or they're going to save the farmland in Missouri, which is not historic, but is definitely uh, disadvantageous to the farmers. Mm. But the farmers had insurance in Cairo yeah, flooding. Yeah, it's a floodplain. It's a delta. It's great land, but it's also prone to flooding. That's what it does. So that happened. And when I saw Cairo, Illinois, I'm like, ah, it sounds like, I mean, they pronounce it Cairo, but it looks like it's, it's spelled Cairo as in Egypt. So I'm like, wow, there's a Cairo, Illinois. And I started kind of putting things together. I'm like, okay, well, Moses and Egypt and whatever. And I thought, what if these, you know, what if Moses is from Cairo, Illinois and all that? So I just kind of started writing it. um, And it took quite a long time to write. I wrote a couple of, you know, revisions i gave it to people to read some people were like yeah i don't you know i don't see this i don't whose story is it you know all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff rewrote it and rewrote it and rewrote it and sometimes i at some point i started to like say you know what this is a story i'm writing i hear what you guys are saying you know because most people want it to be really this deep drama or, or, or drama you know and i was like no i really want it to be fun and light mm-hmm. i know there's supposed to be plagues and everything but there's a way to still make that fun and light and so eventually when i got to a point where i felt like it was there i had a reading a live reading of it and then i was like i'm not a director i'm needing to find a director and i started to uh, look for people to direct and that was pretty a challenge mm-hmm. because i was you know within the industry you know, you want to find someone who at least has a track record who can who can helm that, mm-hmm. but still is going to stay in have the same kind of vision that I had for the sure. script. But I didn't want to have someone who was like, oh, we're going to take this and make it some like, you know, about crystals and all kinds of stuff. So I finally thought I found some guy and um, got a contract with him. And that was, you know, we were moving forward until I realized, no. It just didn't have the vision. Mm. I actually had gone to visit him and his manager to talk it over. And halfway through it, I thought he'd gotten it. And then towards the end, he didn't. So I'm on the plane coming back. It was September 2017. And God literally said, Crystal, you're going to direct that. And within a year, you're, it's going to get produced. 
And I remember calling Melissa and was like, God told me I'm going to direct it. And I'm like, and I'm not a director, you know, you know, I mean, you know, directing short plays and that Mm -hmm. kind of thing, but a film, a feature film. No. So, but in 2000, in September of 2018, we were in production for the law of Moises and God provided the funding. I mean, that was, it's, crazy how each day the funding just kind of came together and just just enough for every day um but he came through and then um we found a distributor um questar who is in chicago who's a faith-based distribution company who took the film on even without looking at it just saw the trailer and Mm. me talking about it um and so in 2000 and uh so 2018 we had the october we had the premiere um and then in february of 2019 it went into theaters i didn't do so great but i i mean it was wasn't we didn't really think that it would we just was wanted to put it out there and kind Mm -hmm. of get out feelers and it would be some sort of a springboard for you know online streaming and that kind of thing which it did help Right. So then from there, I went to Amazon and then uh, Pure Flix. And it's on a number of other different streaming platforms. And it'll eventually, you know, DVDs and that kind of thing. But it was really, you know, it was once. And I told I tell people this all the time. I said, once I kind of let go and God said, you're going to do this and this is how it's going to get done. It went from like I'm planning and not getting done for seven years to like in a year. Phew, <laughs> it's done. Such a great conversation. I can't wait to share the rest of it with you here in just a moment. Now, if you like what we're doing with Gifts for Glory Ministries, things like this podcast, great events like Pure Fest, and the amazing comedy of Wellversed Comedy, would you consider supporting us through Patreon? Become a patron at patreon.com slash gifts for glory. Again, that's patreon.com slash gifts, the number four, glory. And get some really cool perks for helping us grow and produce some great content like this podcast. We're also working to get to a nonprofit status as a ministry, so you your support through Patreon is going to help get us there. That's patreon.com slash gifts of glory. And thank you so much for supporting and helping make gifts of glory happen. We've got more of this amazing conversation in just a moment. This is the gifts of glory podcast, celebrating and promoting men and women of God using their gifts, talents, and passions to honor and glorify God back in just a second. regular expenses to occasional splurges there's a lot to buy why not get cash back every time you spend with the PenFed power cash rewards card you get cash back on every purchase that's everywhere every time you use it you can even earn a 100 statement credit when you spend 1500 in the first 90 days visit penfed.org power cash to apply to receive any advertised product you must become a member of PenFed, insured by ncua I tell people this all the time. I said, once I kind of let go and God said, you're going to do this and this is how it's going to get done. It went from like, I'm planning and not getting done for seven years to like in a year. (laughs) It's done. And 
you know and i had a lot of and i really on the set i really wanted it to be a mixed group i wanted to be you know christians non-christians i had more non-christians than christians so it was really a challenge for me every day to come to set and respond righteously Mm -hmm. um to behave i mean there were going to be issues and um whatever but i wanted to always respond i really kind of in, in prayer um and in in meditation set myself up that for for that every day because she might be the only person that some of these people ever come in contact with as a christian mm-hmm. and as a christian who is really focusing on her her walk with christ and wanting to to live that righteous life and not self-righteous mm-hmm. but in a loving way like jesus would be and I have to say, too, all the time that um, she was writing and rewriting and having people read the script and give feedback, paying for feedback, and all of those different things, it was a really long time. And I don't know that people can understand just how quickly things happened mm-hmm. when, when God did tell her that she's going to direct, and she said yes. Yeah. But all that time up until the you're going to direct and and she said yes, she was really wrestling with God and giving it up for him, giving the whole project over to him. It took a long time for her to give the project over to him. And I feel like when she finally got there, he was ready to say that to her. He needed you to give it to him so he could give it right back because he gave you the vision so that he needed you to be the director Mm -hmm. to keep that vision. Yeah. Exactly. It was just, but it was like, you couldn't have told me that in 2010 or 2011, mm-hmm. you know, because the industry had said, you know, you got, this is how you got to do it. Mm-hmm. And this is the way to do it. And so, you know, but yeah, of, you know, of course that's how God works. You know, you, you, you kind of think you're doing it. And then he gets in there and says, oh, go this way. It turns so, yeah. the wisdom of the world on its ear. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Confuses the wise. Yeah. How did you do that? You wrote, directed, and... and I didn't and, act yeah. in it. I produced, though, but yeah. it was... Well, I couldn't afford me because I'm a part of the union, so I couldn't... <laughs> <laughs> so I would have to pay me and pay for, you know. But um, it was it was a challenge, but at the same time, it was so exhilarating because I'm on the set, you've got, like, 45 people on the set, including actors and, and you're, I mean, things are happening and you're, and you know, people are like, but I had been so because of, because of all that time, I've been so prepared mm-hmm. that I wasn't like, I'm not sure what I wanted to do, but I just had this vision and I was just, and I'm a really big on research and studying stuff. So, and planning. So I'm all about making sure that plan is, is set and you know so i really wasn't overwhelmed in that sense i was probably more overwhelmed with some of the people issues that i had to deal with that i knew would happen but it was still you know but i still i made sure that i had people on the set every day that i could pray with mm-hmm. um whether it was melissa or other friends i'm like okay you know, it's you and me on the set and everybody else is, you know, or or, or we did have a few actors, but we're going to pray about it because I might need you to 
you know, we might take a break and I might need to go pray. Mm-hmm. So I made sure of that um, because, I, you know, obviously it was important. Um, and I think there are people who did see it. I don't know, you know, if they what happened, but I know that they saw what I was doing and saw my walk through that. So hopefully, you know, we're just planting seeds and and God does the rest. So. Yeah. Oh, who was that? Seneca was a producer who um, we didn't have the it was kind of like God used different people for a small season mm-hmm. and we didn't have all the funds together. And I and I God had said, you're going to do this in September. And I was had gone to other producers and said, I need to do this. And they were like, well, you don't have all the funds together. We really don't want to do it that way. And, you know, Seneca was a, a producer that I found who was like, let's do it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, OK, cool. And he found all these people. He put, put together a lot of people. And, um, um, you know, so he was there for that season. And God does that oh, quite a bit. He'll put someone there just to get you to the next step. Yeah. You know, yeah. So it's called The Law of Moises. It's on Amazon Prime and on Pure Flix. And you said a couple other different streaming platforms. Yeah, I can't remember now, but it's Amazon. Just Amazon, not Prime. Just Amazon, okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, and on Pure Flix, uh, you can find out more at uh, the um, Facebook page at Law of Moises or the Law of Moises. Yeah, Got to have the the. Yes. And um, so the the next big thing coming up uh, is coming up this year is mm-hmm. Church. It's yes. your web series, which. Um, from my understanding, it's basically like the office, but said it in a church. Absolutely. It's, it's basically the office, except in a church office. So you have all those quirky, goofy characters that you have in the office. And these are the people uh, that work in the church and, and kind of lead people. But it really is base, based on the, how they live through life live life for God, but are flawed, flawed human beings. Mm -hmm. And it's really, I worked in a church for a bit and I've been a Christian for a longer bit. (laughs) (laughs) So I know that we don't do crazy and goofy things and I love to laugh. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and I'm always laughing and I feel like I don't think we laugh enough as Christians. So this is really just an opportunity for people to see flawed people mm-hmm. who still love God and are still trying to be God or be Jesus to other people. But at the same time, they're human and flawed. So yeah, it's, it's a web series. It's going to be coming out. We're hoping like uh, the week before Easter. Um, and it's a, it's a uh, five minute episodes and we'll have 10 episodes and then hopefully we're looking, we did get some funding from the state of Illinois for through a grant. I'm looking for uh, two other grants to come through to do season two and season three. Or if anybody is interested in donating, um, that would be great because it's a really great product. We got some really great actors. Um, just send money to. <laughs> I don't do we have a donate now on on arcproductionschicago.com site. So if you want to <laughs> donate, you can do that. It's uh it's safe, it's through PayPal and all that good stuff. But um 
Yeah. Just put your hand on your computer. You can put you're your hands on the computer and you can just <laughs> throw your, throw throw a cash my way. I'll be down at uh Dave Ebert's church yeah, until like, tomorrow. I can stay if you want. Um but no. <laughs> so yeah. Um yeah, but it's it's a it's a web series, it's a comedy web series and hopefully it's as funny as the office. Um not as crass, but as funny and mm-hmm. as goofy. Um, as the office is and I just think when people I've heard everyone that I've talked to when I say it's the office except in a church people immediately get it and it's immediately like says a lot of things to people mm-hmm. so and I imagine there's a lot of people that immediately start casting in their head who would be in their church yes. would be the Michael Scott or this <laughs> character that character absolutely yeah and um so we've got the worship leaders we got the main pastor we got the family pastor uh their wives we got some of the office people who are interns and um and then we got some character in there that you're not quite sure what she does but she's kind of a she's a different character but yeah it's fun and uh, one of the the members of the cast mimi saget and yes, i know mimi. her she's she's awesome and yeah. And I've never had a chance to work with her, but I, you know, she she's somebody that a lot of people in Chicagoland should know. Yeah, Mimi Sagan. If you don't know her, she's done a lot of work, especially in, in faith based films, um, and she does a lot of work here in Chicago. And she's been wanting to do something comedy in a, for a while. So this was a chance to get her to do that. Um, and I have worked. I don't know. Do you know um, Tom McElroy? I've heard the name and he's come across my Facebook. Okay, as a so Tom McElroy also was in the Law of Moises, so he's also McElroy or McElroy. I think he says McElroy. I don't know, Tom. You tell us. Um, <laughs> but you know, he was in the Law of Moises, so we do, you know, like to get our Chicago actors and you know a lot of faith-based actors as well. And then we do, we have some actors who aren't and crew members who aren't, and as long as you know, they can respect what we do and have fun. I think they, they, they really enjoy the writing. Um, and it was a professional set. So, you know, we did as much as we could. And we had very good food. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't get to pay the actors this time around, but hopefully with the grants coming in, we'll be able to do that the next time around. Um, so, yeah, we're definitely looking forward to that. Melissa, what? <laughs> well we did you know you know actors i was an actor we were with a low man on the totem pole we always don't get paid but they're there without great actors you can't have a great product and i had some really great actors so i'm excited and i think everyone else will be excited and hopefully you know if you are out there and you want to like the play page and and get all the updates uh do go to church on facebook and uh like our page and um yeah follow us there and the uh um the handle on fa- on facebook is at churched web series uh or you just look up church and it's the first result um, yeah church with the ed at the end so there's i mean yeah and uh, also be sure to check out law of moises uh if you have Amazon or, or PureFlix, check it out. And, uh, you know, like all three pages, Arc Production Chicago, The Law of Moises, and Churched Web Series. Um, so what we're going to do now, we'll transition into the final aspect of our interview. Gotcha. So what we'll do is we'll do the interrogation. Seven quick questions. 
just to get to know our, our guests on the way out. And what we'll do is I'll ask it, and then I'll give you each a chance to respond. So uh, whoever's holding the microphone will get first, then you pass it on. So each of you will get plenty of time to uh, to answer. So uh, first question, what do you all do in your free time? Watch movies. Read. Um, what was your dream job as a kid? To act. Judge. Like actual, you know, sitting on the bench, judge. Actual sitting on the bench, I wanted to be a judge. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay, so maybe the first thing I wanted to be was a nurse, because my mom was a nurse. (laughs) Then I wanted to be a nun, because I went to a Catholic school. Mm -hmm. And then I wanted to be a judge in third, fourth grade. That would be kind of cool to have the crossover, a nun as a judge. And then you could be a nurse, too, because like, when people are like, oh my gosh, I don't want to, and you kind of resuscitate them. Yeah, you could still be. You could still do. It. Come on, because you've only been a believer four, four years. Four you're twenty nine. Twenty nine. And uh, number three, this getting serious. What scares you? What keeps you up at night? Uh, um. Sex trafficking. Mm. How do you follow that? <laughs> so, um, what most excites you about ARC Productions and the projects that you're involved in now and, and are developing? Um, I'm excited that um, I really... that. you know being able to persevere through all and that god is actually i'm the vision that i had long long ago is still a vision going on today that we want to do faith-based products projects but are real and kind of gritty but also can be fun um so it's not you know we want to definitely do different things and that's really exciting because i feel like there aren't enough of that. I also like the idea that um, as a as a as a black woman and being in an industry where there aren't very many people on the other side of the camera um, who are minorities who are doing it and also providing those opportunities for other women um, and other minorities because it's so, you know, not that. And um, I really want to provide those opportunities and that's exciting to me because i especially on church we were able to provide those opportunities for women who never actually worked on a set but wanted to and it was really cool to have them to do that and so that's exciting so i guess the vision and also being able to provide opportunities where people might not have an opportunity Um, I think it's exciting to be able to share these talents with the world. And I think that God really wants his messages to get out there in a way that aren't so serious all the time. So serious that they're just, it's almost like it's just preaching to the choir. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a movie for me. It's not a movie for somebody who's lost. So I'm really excited about creating works that are for people who are lost, who can see God, who can see Jesus, who can see Christians who are relatable, who are real, 
who make mistakes, who, who might swear, who, who do things that, that, you know, as a Christian, we're like, oh, don't do that. But we do that. And if people don't see us do that, then they don't see how real we are. Mm-hmm. We're flawed and fallible and, and funny. And I think that, oh my goodness, <laughs> funny looking. I think that by seeing that, I think that it is what God wants people to understand about him. Mm-hmm. And he's funny. He's got a sense of humor. And he wants people to know that as well. And I, I think just really being ambassadors is what this is all about for me. Planting seeds and, you know, maybe getting a chance to water them as well. But yeah. I feel like that's our job as Christians, to plant seeds and put that out there for God to do work. Awesome. All right. Question number five. What's one thing that you would do over if you could? I got to look. Uh, probably. Well, the first thing that came to mind always was when I was in high school, I went to high school in Miami and my school was probably 80% Hispanic. And, you know, they were like, you should learn Spanish. And I was like, I'm an American. But now I really, really wish I should have learned Spanish. Um, that would have been helpful. That was the first thing that came to mind. The second thing to come to mind was I, I really wish that I um, wouldn't gone and gone. I, I wanted to go to college, but I didn't want to get into college debt. So <laughs> I think the one thing I would maybe do is actually do college right out of high school instead of waiting forever to do it. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, question number six. Oh, she's like, no, you're not going to take the mic back. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your biggest fan? Who's your biggest supporter? Probably Crystal next to my mommy. Okay. Melissa Ostrander. Question number seven. If budget were not an issue, what story would you most want to tell and who would be the lead actor? Well, I don't know who the lead actor would be, but the story I want to tell is about the Wingfleet Express and how the hot air balloon <laughs> crashed into the bank building in downtown Chicago. I tell you, I want to tell that story on film. I think it's exciting and I'm, I'm working on it. Now, the lead actor. So I've got an idea to have multiple storylines going on. So I'm not sure who I would want doing each one of those okay. pieces. Wow. Um, so there are a couple of things that I would, would with no budget. There's a, there's a children's book called Pink and Say. John Leguizamo? Is he his? From Fargo? Fargo. Oh, no. His name is John. It's, oh, you're talking about? Steve Buscemi. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So this is really weird. As you're talking and you talk about a, a balloon hitting a building and, you, uh-huh. and you're like, I'm not sure who the lead was. The first person that pi- I picture was Steve Buscemi. So we're supposed to do this movie. Okay. Yep. Done. <laughs> y'all, y'all need to be donating. I'm saying it's going to happen. Okay. Pink and Say, which is a children's book um, about a, a slave boy and a kid who fought two boys, but one's a slave boy boy run away and one uh, no one kid is 
he he was he was with the Union Army, and he gets sick or he wounded, and the kid, the slave boy, finds him, brings him into the cabin with his mom, and I, I forget the movie, I forget it, but it's called Pink and Say, and <laughs> it would be kind of a, a Civil War type thing, but with these two boys and their friendship. Um, and it's a true story. Um, it's based on, it's the great grandfather of the writer who wrote the book. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would do that. There's a, a, um, um, I would do the life of Bessie Coleman. There is a woman that we're reading about who fought in the, was it the revolutionary war? Um, yeah. Civil war. One of those wars, you know, all the wars that we've had. And then, um, Man, I would just, I would probably want to get all my favorite actresses together, like Jodie Foster and um, Sandra Bullock, and just do something goofy with them. I don't know what, but, you know, something funny. And and if I could, you know, bring Ruby D back, I would have her in it, too. And Kate Hepburn, <laughs> the Kelly Lilies are in bloom again. Such a strange flower. <laughs> suitable for any occasion <laughs> all right so that was the interrogation now our final question for our audience um for anyone that wants to be a writer producer or somehow use their gifts for god's glory what would your wise counsel be for them melissa hands me the mic um i would say just watch a lot of movies you know, nowadays, get your camera, your phone, I mean, and just start doing it, you know, filming with your friends, looking at stuff that you enjoy and copying it. And But then start doing stuff that you want to do, because a lot of things that I'm wanting to do, there are a lot of people who've told me, no, that won't work. But you have to do something that you are going to enjoy and like because at the end of the day if nobody ever watches it or nobody ever sees it at least you're enjoying what you're doing and it mm-hmm. and ultimately that's why most people who are in a nine to five job or whatever don't like their nine to five because they don't enjoy it so if you're going to be an artist or you're going to do this do it because you enjoy it and you want to and it's not necessarily for the money but you know just do it i'm stealing that from nike right (laughs) so first of all don't write a check unless there's money in the bank yeah (laughs) unless you're in congress then that works (laughs) then you can just make more so who cares um and then as trite as it sounds i would say pray Mm. because this is for me watching crystal go through this um that prayer and really working through and struggling with giving it up and have people around you who are not going to be afraid to tell you you are not you're not submitting this to god you're you are taking ownership of this and you're not really giving it to him you've not let it go mm. because unless you let it go he really He's not going to work that way because then it's all about you. Right. 
I'm sorry. I kind of disagree only because I think he he will do stuff, but it but it is it. I don't think he because we get blessed and we think our blessings are when he's if all the good stuff is doing it, but it's not may not be that blessing. Our blessing may be the the hard work, the trial that we're going through, and that's the blessing. But I I hear what you're saying. It's like he he'll give you what you want but it's your the relationship with him is what you really need and want and so if you're going to get he's going to give you what you want on this earth or do you want really what's real but i don't know did i just never mind i just you yes she was saying something totally different but i just felt something compelled to say Take twelve made we made a pack coke. So Crystal ended up owing her a coke. I did because she just can't stop talking either. But it, but it's really it to me it's really about prayer. It's really mm-hmm. about giving up this dream that you have to God to make sure that it's the dream He wants mm-hmm. for you as well. Um, I think that all the work that she did is important. Not to say it wasn't important. She had to keep on moving and pushing forward. But I think that as she was pushing forward, it was, you know, holding tight to this dream. And she had to finally let that dream go. She had to even get to a point where um, when people gave her the feedback and it was harsh and some of it was very ugly feedback that she got from people. She had to acknowledge that this was God even that they're kind of giving this feedback to and it hurt and it's wounding and it's your baby that Mm -hmm. they're saying is ugly. But, but unless you're able to give it to God, he's not able to kind of come back in that same way. And I, I understand what she was also trying to say, Mm -hmm. but I just really saw, I saw personally, and I think that it made my faith grow watching what she had to go through and how she had to give it up. Sometimes you have to put Isaac on the wood. Yes. All right, very good. So, Melissa Ostrander and Crystal Barnes from Arc Productions. Law of Moises, check it out on Amazon or Pure Flix. And be on the lookout for Church, the web series coming around Palm Sunday, the week before Easter. And then uh, season two this fall, once the grants come through. Thanks so much for everybody listening. Bye.